Okay, well, let's get started here. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Um, okay, we're going to go right back here to, to Samuel here, but first I want to go to, oh, let's go to, we're going to go to Matthew, look at something about Jesus real quick. Uh, the 12th chapter, I believe it is, 12, yeah. Okay, at, at that time, Jesus was walking one day through some grain fields. See how historical this is? This is not, let me tell you a neat little spiritual story. Not, we get spiritual things out of the history. That's what's so beautiful about it. This was history. So Jesus was walking through some grain fields. So what? No, look at the so what. This is, this is really important. It was on a Sabbath, okay. We call it Sunday. Back then it was Saturday for them. The Jewish day of worship. And his disciples were hungry. So they began breaking off the heads of wheat and eating the grain. Okay, apparently he just mushed that stuff up and started eating, whatever. Some of the Pharisees saw them do it and protested, your disciples are breaking the law. See, they were, you know, they were only there to point things out. Watch what Jesus said. They're harvesting on the Sabbath. Jesus said to them, look what he says, haven't you read what King, look at this, what King David did when his friends were hungry. He went into the temple and they ate the special bread permitted to the priest alone. So we learned that in the book of Exodus. God said, okay, build a tabernacle like this and also have the bread on the, of his presence on there. It's for the priest alone. That was breaking the law too. And haven't you read, ever read in the book of the, in the, excuse me, in the law of Moses how the priest on duty in the temple may work on the Sabbath? Of course they were. They're opening the doors and all this kind of stuff. All right. Now, so we see Jesus referencing what David did. Hmm. And he said, haven't you read? Pick up another little spot here. Since the Bible is so confused, where's Hebrews? There it is, Hebrews uh, chapter 11, somewhere down in here. Let's see. Uh, these are, look, boy, you'd have to throw the whole book of Hebrews out right here and list everybody. All the great things that uh, happened throughout the years. Let's see, here it is. Look at this. Uh, well, what more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson. That's in the book of Judges. Look at this. Jephthah is in the book of Judges. But who's David and Samuel and all the other prophets? David is in, we've got a book called Samuel right here. Now, uh, let me catch up. Remember, this is the story. This is the history. Now, we've already covered this, but remember, uh, uh, Samuel, uh, this is the story of his birth. Remember, he, his mama couldn't have any kids, okay? And remember, notice what she said in verse 26. Do you remember me? She's talking to the high priest. I'm the woman that stood here. Uh, at that time, pray unto the Lord. I asked him to give me a child, and he's given me my request, and now I'm giving him to the Lord. Boy, you'd have Americans all up and roll. Oh, oh, they'd have, oh man, you just don't give your child to a church. <gasps> well, remember, she said it was to the Lord. And the high, they didn't have a bunch of Baptist churches, Methodist churches, whatever. There's only one place here, and there was supposed to be a high priest, and there was, and it was this guy. So we covered that, and then it talked about this was her prayer later. And then uh, this is when the Lord, he's just a kid. I mean, a child. He notice knows where he was sleeping. Uh, yeah, Samuel was sleeping in the temple near the ark. He's still just a little fellow. Okay. Anyway, he hears the Lord tells him that, uh, Samuel, I'm going to take care of the high priest and his sons because they were very wicked. Eli just was extremely overweight and he wouldn't, and he wouldn't take, he wouldn't tell his kids no. He wouldn't. He just let them do whatever they want to do. You know. All right, here we go. So, Let's go right to where we left off. We left off right here, the last verse. So the Lord began to give messages to them, uh, to him there in Shiloh, and he passed them on to the people of Israel. Okay, uh, let's see. So here we go. Here's what happened next. Now remember, we, in the book of Samuel, before we get any further here, 
Uh, I, I did need to point this out. Hang on, let's see. Let's go all the way to, that's chapter 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, uh, 11, 12. Let's see, it's right here. Uh, here's where David shows up. Because Samuel's told to go anoint, uh, uh, actually it's 16. And, he, and Samuel doesn't know David. He has no idea. He's confused too. Samuel's like, Who? Anyways, he goes to Jesse. He's, the Lord said, go to Bethlehem, find a man named Jesse. Now, the 17th chapter is Goliath. And that means he, and he's a pretty doggone little kid. He really is. Now, I want to jump ahead to what Jesus just mentioned. Now, we're already, this is the story Jesus mentioned. David went to the city of Nob. Now, let me tell you something. David was fleeing from his boss, King Saul. David was close to King Saul, but Saul, because he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he sort of trusted the Lord, but then he didn't. You, could, you read the history, you have just as much as I do. I don't know anything more than you do. He just wouldn't completely obey the Lord. The Lord said, go attack these people. Don't leave anybody alive. Get rid of all the cattle, everything. And he came back and brought the cattle back. Well, I did what the Lord said. Yeah. Oh, no, you didn't. God wanted all that stuff taken care of, and he didn't do it. Anyway, David's fleeing for his life here. He goes to the city of Nob. Okay, we'll just say to Decatur. To see Ahimelech, the priest. Ahimelech trembled when he saw him. Now, why, why is he scared? He knows David is second in command. Everybody in the whole nation loved David. Why? Because David has killed, no, Saul has killed his thousands. David's killed his ten thousands. Oh, that burned Saul. He says those women are, are, giving, are giving credit to David for killing tens of thousands. But David loved Saul. Jealousy was behind all this. He's trembling. Why are you alone? He asked. Why is no one with you? The king sent me on a private matter. Look at that. Your blessed David. Oh, the sweet. Oh, yes, he had a problem with Bathsheba. But besides that, he was perfect. No, he wasn't. And Jesus referenced this. He lied. Well, I'm not going to talk about telling the truth today. This is just history. David wrote over a third of the Psalms, probably more. David taught us the 23rd Psalm, whatever. That wonderful guy. He lied. Well, look what was behind it. He's running for his life. Let's just watch this. The king sent me on a private matter. <laughs> he told me not to tell anybody why I'm here. Well, we don't have any kids in here, do we? We don't want to tell the kids that David died. Yes, you do. You want to reveal history. Because in your life and my life, we have these things happen too. Well, Richard, you just lied. <laughs> well, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> That's just life. We don't just sit there and say, well, well, he ain't going to heaven. Remember that? Even the book of Revelation, all liars will have their place in the lake of fire. David's not going. <laughs> oh, remember that we just got through singing that song? Mercy there was great and grace was free. Thank God I never made a mistake in history. No, we've all blown it, okay? Let's get the word. Here we go. He told, look at this. He's, he's making it even further. Oh, Saul told me, don't tell anybody why I'm here. I've told my men where to meet. No, excuse me. I have told my men where to meet me later on. Now, what's in here to eat? Give me the five loaves of bread or anything else. Give me five loaves of bread or anything you can. Now, remember, Jesus referenced this story. Golly, Jesus. This just goes all over the place. This is great. That's the reason Jesus went where they, the Pharisees were so mad at Jesus for hanging out with the worst sinners. Are we really the worst sinners or are we God's children? We're God's children and we all need mercy. Anyway, watch this. We don't have any regular bread, the priest replied, but there is some holy bread, which I guess you can have if only your young men have not slept with any women for a while. 
Rest assured, David replied, I never... Do you think he's lying? Of course. But we don't care about that. I never let my men run wild when they're on expeditions. Since they stay clean, even on ordinary trips, how much more in this one? So since there was no food available, the priest gave him the holy bread, the bread of the presence that was placed before the Lord. Remember the Lord said, have you not read? So they had some snacks here that was in the temple. It had just been replaced by fresh bread. Incidentally, now this is history. It's why we want to know. Doeg, we'll just say Doug. Looks like Doug, doesn't it? Doug, the Edomite. Edomite. Now, who was the Edomite? Remember, you got uh, the sons of Jacob. Jacob had a brother named who? Uh, help me out. Jacob, Esau. Esau's descendants, that's why the Bible is so, it's, it's, I, I want to say magical, but it's just fact. It's all, they just kept the records. The descendants of Esau were the Edomites. But anyway, Charles, excuse me, Saul's chief herdsman, was there at that time for, oh, incidentally, yeah, okay, uh, at that time for the ceremonial purification. Remember, they're standing there at the tabernacle, a lot of stuff going on at that, you know, church building facility. David asked Ahimelech if he had, look at this. Just look at that. David asked the high priest if he had a spear or a sword he could use. Look at this, he's still lying. David, quit doing this. The king's business requires such haste. I left in such a rush, I came away without a weapon. Really? Well, let's get to history. Because remember, David was fearing for his life. Well, the priest replied, I have the... Well, that never happened. This was just a kid story for little kitties. No, it wasn't. I have the sword of Goliath, the Philistine, the fellow you killed. See, David was famous. In the Valley of Elah, it's wrapped in a cloth in the closet. Take that if you want it, for there's nothing else here. Notice what David said. That's just the nine millimeter I need. <laughs> I need that one right there. Give it to me. Then David, notice this, he hurried on for fear of Saul. And he went to, he went, he went to King Achish of Gath. In other words, he went to another town. <sighs> Look what happened here. But the Achish officers were, uh, were, weren't happy about him being there. Look at that. Isn't he the top leader of Israel? Yeah. Isn't he the one? Here it is again. That the people honor at their dances singing, Saul has slain his thousands. David killed his ten thousands. David heard these comments and was afraid of King Achish might do to him. So he, <laughs> uh, wouldn't you call this a lie? Yeah. He's going, and he's up against the wall and he's in the king's palace. He pretended to be insane. He scratched on the doors. Oh, Mr. Holy David. Such a holy guy. I wish I could be like David. David was just perfect. No. He scratched on the door and let spittle flow from his beard. Until finally, King Achish said to his men, Must you bring me a madman in here? We already have enough of them around here. Should such a fellow be here as my guest? Anyway, of course, David got out of there. But anyway, okay. So that's the story that Jesus wanted us to know about. But... It goes back to right before, uh, all right, here we go. So now we've got Samuel, who's, um, he's just a young guy. And God had already said, Eli the high priest and his two sons, he told Samuel, and a prophet also told him too, they're all going to die in one day. All right, anyway, at that time, the war, there, Israel was at war, chapter 4, verse 1, with the Philistines. The Israeli army was camped near Ebenezer, the Philistines at Aphek. Okay, and the Philistines defeated Israel, killing 4,000 of them. 
You say, yeah, but sometimes that happens. No, time out. That does not happen to people who are more than conquerors. And they knew that. After the battle was over with, the army of Israel returned to the camp and, the, and their leaders to discuss why the Lord let them be defeated. What's going on here? Well, let me give you a little hint. Now, remember, they've already lost the entire promised land. Look at the last bit of history we have. Let's see, that's Samuel. I'll skip the book of Ruth. Ruth is just about a, a real short history. It's real short, but it's history. Look at the last chapter of the last verse of Judges. There was no king in Israel in those days, and every man did whatever he thought was right. Well, how well you think that's going to get you by? No, that's the reason when you get to Samuel, they had the, oh, the high priest, his two sons had temple prostitution going on there. And then they were stealing from the Lord's uh, offerings. Here we go. Let's get back over here where we were. Okay, so they were discussing why it got defeated. Well, some brilliant boy said this. And it's true. Moses said this. Bring the ark out in front. But these guys were still worshiping idols. And on top of that, Hophni and Phinehas, the two prostitutes, were out there in front like, <laughs> this is so great. Can't wait to get back and get with those girls in the temple. <laughs> Terrible. Now, Richard, where'd you know that? Chapters 1, 2, and 3, just before this. Let's bring the ark out here. If we carry it into battle, the Lord will be among us, and he will surely save us from our enemies. Yes, he would, but they weren't worshiping the Lord. They didn't care anything about the Lord. So they sent for the ark of the Lord of heaven, who is enthroned above the angels. Hophni and Phinehas, the sons of Eli, accompanied them into battle. When the Israelis saw the ark coming, their shouts for joy was so loud, it could almost shake the ground. I mean, they were excited. What's going on, the Philistines said. What's all the shouting about in the camp of the Hebrews? They were told it was the ark of the Lord had arrived. They panicked. God's come into their camp, they cried. Woe to us, for we've never seen anything like this before. Look at this. Who can save us from these mighty gods of Israel? Now watch this, because this never happened. Well, how come um, 700 years later, it's recorded again? It never happened. It did happen. They are the same gods who destroyed. The Egyptians with plagues when Israel was in the wilderness. Yeah, buddy, it happened. Fight as you never have before, old Philistines, or we'll be their slaves. Well, you can tell what's going to happen. They're going to they're lose their ranch right here. Not the Philistines. The Israelis are. Okay, so the Philistines fought desperately, and Israel was defeated again. 30,000 men of Israel died that day, and the remainder fled to their tents. The ark of God was captured. And Hophni and Phinehas were killed. Now a man from the tribe of Benjamin ran from the battle and arrived at Shiloh the same day with his clothes torn, dirt on his head. Eli, that's Hophni and Phinehas' dad. I mean, he was not a totally bad guy. All all I know is what you know about him. What we read in chapters 1, 2, and 3. He couldn't control his kids, okay? He knew what they were doing were wrong, but he he let them get away with it. Now, Eli was waiting on the, beside the road to hear the news of the battle, for his heart trembled for the safety of the ark. As the messenger from the battlefield arrived and told what happened, a great cry arose throughout the city. What's all the noise about? Eli asked. And the messenger rushed over to Elisha, uh, Elias, excuse me, Eli, and told him what happened. Eli was, look at that, 98 years old. Just let that sink in a minute. Now, what was old Eli doing? Now, he didn't have a very perfect track record, but look how much mercy the Lord had. 98 years old. I just wonder if we're going to live long. You will. And he was blind. 
He said, I've just come from the battle and I was there today, he told Eli. Israel's been defeated. Thousands of Israeli troops are dead on the battlefield. And now he says, your sons, Hophni and Phinehas were killed and the ark's been captured. Boy, that's like a tornado wiping out all of Huntsville. The messenger uh, mentioned what had happened to the ark. No, when he said that, Eli fell over backwards from his seat at the, beside the gate. His neck was broken by the fall and he died. Now you're going to hear something else that you've heard all your life. Here's where it comes from. He was old and fat, okay? He judged Israel for 40 years. So that ties him to the book of Judges, which is the previous book, two more books. When Eli's daughter-in-law, Phinehas' wife, don't you know she had marital trouble? Because her husband was messing around with the other women at the church. She, who was pregnant, she heard the ark had been captured and her husband and father-in-law were dead. Her labor pains happened immediately. Just before she died, the women who were attending her told her that everything was all right. And it's going to say, you had a baby boy? Hey, have, you know, be happy. Have a, ha, you've got a baby boy? The baby was a boy, but she did not reply or respond in any way. Then she murmured, name the child. There it is, Ichabod. Where have we heard that from? Look what she says. For Israel's glory is gone. Ichabod means there's no glory. She named him this because the ark had been captured. And what else? Her husband and her father-in-law were dead. Wow. Chapter 5. The ark's been stolen. We don't read this 10 years from now. We, God. We, Jesus said read it and you'll get it. Okay. The Philistines took the ark. Now do you think how far they're going to get with this? Because man, if you got near this thing, it killed you. They took the ark from God from the battle, uh, ark of God from the battlefield to Ebenezer to the temple of their idol Dagon in the city of Ashdod. They had this stupid totem pole thing, whatever it is. But when the local citizens went to see it the next morning, look at this. Dagon had fallen on his face. <laughs> I mean, God's holy. They set him down in front of their stupid God. And the next morning, they go, hey, listen, I want to go clean it. What happened to our God? <laughs> he fell face down. That's not all. What else happened? Look at this. They set him up again. And the next morning, the same thing happened. The idol had fallen down before the ark again. This time, his head and hands fell off. Man. Yeah, but Richard, don't you think this is metaphorical? This, no, it's not. It's history. Jesus actually walked on the water. He healed everybody that came in contact with him. There was a man in the temple that had a withered hand. It wasn't like, well, he's got hand, he's mentally challenged. No, he needed his hand repaired. You may have a hurt somewhere else. And if we quit believing in the power of the Lord and all this kind of stuff, we're going to be in a mess. You'll never find your car keys. It's just to me, if I lose something like Bob was mentioned, I, I, I know I'm going to find it. Those are such lightweight miracles. I'm going to be all right. Wow, this is why this day, neither the priest of Dagon nor his worshipers will walk on the threshold of the temple. They're like... <laughs> anyway, the Lord began to destroy the people of Ashdod and the nearby villages with a bubonic plague. Wow, oh, why is that? Don't you remember? When Moses had built the tabernacle, where were the Levites? They were surrounding the ark to keep them, everybody from what? From the wrath of God. And now you got this thing sitting out there around a bunch of people that are worshiping other idols and stuff like that. Man, I tell you, the wrath of God's just, it's all around. Anyway, remember when David moved this thing back? One of his best buddies, the ox stumbled and, and his buddy tried to reach up there and hold it with his hand and it, it killed him. David got mad at the Lord. This same book. Actually, Samuel, 2 Samuel. He was mad about it, but then the next day, David goes, okay, I read about it. Only the priests are supposed to move this thing. <laughs> you know, you learn. Okay, here we go. So, the Lord began to destroy the people of Ashdod and the nearby villages with the bubonic plague. Now, 
When, remember, the bubonic plague comes from what? Rats and stuff. Okay, that's going to play in a minute. When the people realized what was happening, they said, we can't keep the ark of God of Israel here any longer. We'll all perish along with our god Dagon. Yeah, buddy, that's right. So they called for a conference of the mayors in the five cities of the Philistines to decide how to dispose of the ark. The decision was to take it to Gath. But when the ark arrived at Gath, the Lord began destroying all its people, young and old, with a plague. There was great panic. So they sent the ark to Ekron. But when the people of Ekron saw it, they said the same, they're bringing the ark here, it's going to kill us. So notice what they did. Now this is the end of this chapter. They summoned the mayors again and begged them to send the ark back to its own country, lest their entire city die. For the plague had already begun, and great fear was sweeping across the city. Those who didn't die were deathly ill, and there was weeping everywhere. Ah, oh, come on. This is just, this is, this is something that they'd make a movie about. It never really happened. Oh, yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. The ark remained in the Philistine country for seven months. Now we got a time frame. Then all the Philistines called for the priest and the diviner, diviners, whatever, and asked them, what are we going to do here about this ark? What sort of gift shall we send it with and, and when, uh, when we return it to its own land? Yeah, well, let's send it with a gift, they said. Send a guilt offering so that the plague will stop. Then if it doesn't, you will know that God didn't send the plague after all. What guilt offering shall we send? Now, look what they said. Send five golden models of the tumor caused by the plague. Now, I wonder what that tumor was. Let's look at the King James Version. Uh... Look at that. They said, we'll put five emeralds. I wonder what the heck an emerald is. You ever heard of hemorrhoid? These guys are such, they created five gold hemorrhoids. And then they created five gold rats and stuck it on there too. They didn't know what to do. Okay, just let you know what was going on. Let's go back to the living Bible here. So let's get five models of a tumor caused by the plague and five gold model rats that have ravaged the whole land. Okay, send it with these gifts and then praise the God of Israel. Maybe perhaps he'll start perse stop persecuting you and your God. Don't be stubborn. Look at this here. We can't let this go. Don't be stubborn and rebellious as Pharaoh and the Egyptians did. Doggone it, that had to happen. It did. They wouldn't let Israel go until God had destroyed them with dreadful plagues. Wow. Now build a new cart. Hitch to it two cows that have just had calves, cows that have never been yoked, and never shut, uh, and then shut their calves away from. Remember the two, two baby cows there in the barn? What's mama going to do? I'm going over there. Didn't happen. So anyway, place the ark of God on the cart. Uh, anyway, containing the gold models of the rats and the hemorrhoids, the, the tumors, and the cows, and let the cows go wherever they want to. If they cross the border of our land and go into Beth Shemesh, then you'll know that it was God who brought this thing. Now, if they just wander around aimlessly, we'll know it was just we, we just, we all had too much pizza. But if they don't and they return to their calves, we'll know that the plague was simply a coincidence and it was not sent by God at all. So these instructions were carried out. Two cows with newborn calves were hitched to the cart. Their calves were shut up in the barn. Then the ark of the Lord and chests containing the gold rats and the gold hemorrhoids placed on the, on the cart. And sure enough, the cows went straight along the road. Good night. Look at They went straight along, lowing as they went. And the Philistine mares followed them as far as the border of Bethshemesh. The people of Bethshemesh were reaping in the field. And when they saw the ark... They went wild with joy. Now, see, they knew what that ark was. It was theirs. The ark came into a field of a man named Joshua and stopped beside a large rock. So the people broke up the wood of the cart for a fire, killed the cows, sacrificed them to the Lord as a burnt offering. 
Several men, here they go, Levites. That's what you needed. Several men of the tribe of Levi lifted the cart and the chest containing the gold rats and the tumors from the cart and laid them on the rock. Now they're going to really bury themselves by saying something about the rock. And many burnt offerings and sacrifice were offered that day by the men of uh, Bethlehem. But after the five Philistine mayors had watched for a little while, they returned to Ekron the same day. The five gold models of tumors, which had been sent by the Philistines as a guilt offering to the Lord, were gifts from the mayors of the capitals of... Boy, look how high level that was. All those five cities. The gold rats were to placate God for the other Philistine cities, both the fortified cities and the countries and villages controlled by the five capitals. By the way, look at this. That large rock at Bethshemus can still be seen in the field of Josh, Joshua. Ah, never happened. I'm just glad the Lord put that in there for us. And you and I, we read the Bible, we read these things, it's so easy for us to go, boy, wow. But anyway, but the Lord killed 70 of the men of Bethshemus. Now why? They looked in the ark. And the people murmured because of many people whom the Lord had killed. Who's able to stand before Jehovah? Remember, Jesus said, no man's seen the Father. Well, you can't stand in his presence. And he's going, hey, we'll take a look. And it was all representative. It was called the mercy seat. And you couldn't even receive mercy without going in there with blood. And they were like, I'd always want to see this thing. <laughs> you know. You know, do you remember the one when uh, oh, Harrison Ford, yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark? Remember when, they, remember when they looked in it? I mean, they had that right. <laughs> they start getting destroyed, whatever. Anyway, who's able to stand for Jehovah? This holy God, they cried out. Oh, where can we send the ark from here? So they sent messengers to Kirajirim and told them, come get this thing. Okay. That the Philistines had brought back the ark. Come and get it, they begged. I'm going to wrap this up real quick. We won't go any further than this. So the men of Kirajim, they came and they took the ark to the hillside of the home of Abinadab and installed his son Eliezer to be in charge of it. Remember, because Eli's gone. Eli died. Okay. The ark remained there for 20 years. And during that time, all Israel was in sorrow because it seemed the Lord had abandoned them. Now, they had abandoned him. But anyway, at that time, here's Samuel. He comes back. If you're really serious about wanting to return to the Lord, look at this. Oh, I don't have no... Yeah, they bunch of gods. Genie in a bottle, whatever else. Get rid of your foreign gods and your Ashtaroth idols. Determined to obey only the Lord. Then he will look at that. He'll rescue you. Remember, didn't Jesus say, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things? He didn't say, Seek ye first, but you know, you don't have to do it wholeheartedly and all these... No, you have to seek the Lord with all your heart. Remember that? It's the same stuff. So they destroyed their idols of Baal and Ashtaroth and worshipped only the Lord. Now remember, Baal, Baal demanded what? Throw your kid to the fire. Well, I can get away with this. No, you can't. Remember, Jesus said, you can't serve God and mammon. You know. Anyway, then Samuel told him, come to Mizpah. Ever seen those necklaces? It says Mizpah on one side, and I'm going to be with you forever. That's where it comes from. And I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered there in a great ceremony. They drew water from the well, poured it out before the Lord. They also went without food all day as a sign of sorrow for their sins. So it was at Mizpah that Samuel became Israel's judge. So that's why it's tied to the book of Judges here. You know, years after Samson and all that kind of stuff. The Philistine leaders, they heard about the great crowds at Mizpah. They mobilized their army. Oh my gosh. Israel, the Israelis were badly frightened when they learned that the Philistines were approaching. Plead with us, with God to save us, they begged Samuel. 
So Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it to the Lord as a whole burnt offering and pleaded with him to help Israel. What good's that going to do? You would have just read it. It's for the sins of the people. And God accepted it. He would always do it. And the Lord responded. wonder if he would respond today if we considered at Calvary. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. So anyway, just as Samuel was sacrificing the burnt offering, the Philistines arrived for battle. But the Lord spoke with a mighty voice of thunder from heaven. They didn't even have to go out there and go get them. And they were thrown in confusion, and the Israelis rooted them and chased them from Mizpah to Bethkar, killing them all the way. Samuel took a stone, placed it at Mizpah and Jeshana, and named it as Ebenezer for something that never happened. Oh, please. Meaning, look at this, the stone of help. Praise the Lord. For he said, the Lord has certainly helped us. Now you think he'll help you? Yeah, but Richard, I've made some mistakes. This whole nation had, were just, they just threw away their idols. It wasn't like, well, let me be perfect for a month. No, they were in trouble. And God will have mercy on you and I too. So the Philistines were subdued and didn't invade Israel again at that time because the Lord was against them throughout the remainder of Samuel's life. The cities of Israel between Ekron and Gath, which had been conquered by the Philistines, were now returned to Israel. See how they lost it, but now they got it back. Praise the Lord. For the Israeli army rescued them from their, uh, is, their Philistine captors, and there was peace in Israel and the, uh, and the Amorites in those days. Samuel continued, look at this, Samuel continued as Israel's judge for the remainder of his life. He rode the circuit annually, we've heard of circuit judges, that's what he was doing, setting up his court first at Bethel, then Gilgal, then Mizpah, and cases of dispute were brought to him in each of those three cities that surrounded the territory. Okay, and then he would come back to Ramah, for his home was there, and he would hear cases there too, and he uh, built an altar to the Lord there at Ramah. Wow, look at all this history. So what's going on? Well, look how they returned to the Lord. The Lord kept them safe. It's not this up and down and valley. No, the only up and down is whether or not we love the Lord or not. Praise the Lord. Now, it's going to get real quick. We're at the seventh chapter here. I'm not going to do this, but look at this. In his old age, look at this. Even as good as you are, you, you, you never know what a person's going to do. Same thing in marriage. You may think your partner's going to be just wonderful, whatever. You never know. Oh, I promise, I promise. You never know. And you don't know even what you're going to do. You have to decide to serve the Lord. Amen. But you know, you say, well, oh my gosh, you know, well, Eli, his sons were, yeah, but look what happened to Samuel's sons. I mean, Samuel's his, he, he slept by the ark. Little kid. Samuel retired. I'm not going to go this whole time. Stop. Samuel retired, appointed his sons as judges in his place, because he's getting old. Joel and Abijah, his oldest sons, they held court in Beersheba. But they were not like their father. They were, really? Yeah, really. Greedy for money, they accepted bribes and, bribes and were very corrupt in the administration of justice. Finally, the leaders of Israel, they met in Ramah to discuss this matter with Samuel. They said, hey, look, this ain't working out too good. Since his retirement, things hadn't been the same, for his sons were not good men. Well, what happened? Well, you're gonna go, you can go home and read this yourself. G look what they said. Give us a king. Now, remember the second one's David, but the first one's Saul. So this is where it all started. Give us a king like all the other nations. Samuel was terribly upset and went to the Lord for advice. <laughs> look at the Lord. I'll do it, they say. I'm the one they're rejecting, not you. They don't want me to be their king any longer. Ever since I... Now, God, you are just lying. Lord, you're just lying. People today, the rabbis, some of them in, 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 the, in the universities, and I heard one, you know, I mean, th th that never happened. We need to go, the Bible's not true. It is true. 
This is what the Lord said. They don't want, ever since I brought them from Egypt, they've continually forsaken me and followed, there it is, other gods. And now they're giving you the same treatment. Do as they say. But the Lord actually picked out, he picked out these kings for them. Do as they say, but warn them what it's going to be like to have a king. Okay, anyway, we're going to stop right there. But anyway, we'll pick up from there. Remember, we are, look, we're chapter 8. We're going to have a little bit of history from Saul, and then it's David. And, of course, David's running for his life. But anyway, it doesn't matter what you're faced with, in control. Just, just ask the Lord for his help. Amen. And when you read the stories about David running for his life and acting like he's insane, that's lying, whatever. And when he tells a high priest, oh, yeah, I swear, I'm, I'm, I'm on a mission from my boss. What's <laughs> lying. Take the history, you know, and understand that God's mercy is on you. And trust me, when you read that, you'll see that even though David was just lying there, whatever, he was still trusting the Lord. That story is, I wish we could get to it. It's so fantastic. David, as soon as he leaves Abimelech, his men are all, they were practically starving. Only had 300 of them. And you know what David does next? His mom and daddy, because King Saul was going, hey, where's his parents at? I'll kill them. David already rescued his mom and dad and had them over in another town protected by another king. And then all of a sudden, stupid Saul runs over to the king Abimelech. I mean, not king of it, to, uh, to the high priest. He says, I heard David was here. What'd you do? Anyway, David, uh, Saul had them all executed. And when David heard about it, it broke his heart. And it was Abimelech's son, the high priest's son, that had ran and told David, they killed my dad. And David says this, I knew when I saw Doeg the Edomite there that I was in trouble. And he tells him this. This is just so great. You bring tears to your eyes. He told him, he says, as my soul lives and the Lord lives, you will not die as long as you're with me. I will protect you. And that's what he told that son of the high priest that David had to, you know, had to lie to. You know. But it's just what you did. You know. And that's what, what, what David did. You know. Anyway, Father, we just thank you for your word today. We just thank you, Lord. Praise God. We have so much mercy. And the biggest thing is just you're our God. Praise the Lord. Some other gods, they fell down flat face in front of the ark. Praise the Lord. And you're the God that we always believe. You rescued the Israelites from Egypt. We know that. You're the great God. And we're looking for you. So, Lord, if we're not feeling good today, praise the Lord you'll fix that. And if we're having trouble financially, praise the Lord you'll fix that. And if it's just something else, some other terrible problem, like David had to act like an insane guy in front of that king. He found out, oh, this ain't good. You got him out. Well, the same thing's true for us. The Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to just leave a trail of how we've been trusting you all the days of our life as we tell others about Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Yeah, amen. Wasn't that good? Praise God.